Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I think it's important you know that we really practice what we preach And one of the things that I really hounded into our clients at the end of last year was if you felt like your leads were slower or that you weren't getting enough people in the door, that it's your job to get in new rooms. And I am in new rooms and it is very (laughs) weird. Like I feel so pushed at the start of this year. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be an example slash. I also need to do it myself anyway for a whole host of my own reasons. But dang, meeting new people is a little bit exhausting. I have to say. hate it. (laughs) Well, you don't have to hate it, Emily. You can figure out ways to like it. I don't know if that will ever be me. I don't know. It's funny because... I can come up with all the ideas for our own clients to get in new rooms and things to try. But it's funny because I know when I'm like, you know, harping in the strategy that it's you who's fulfilling that for us, (laughs) not me. I'm like, guys, why don't you just do this? Knowing full well, my happy butt staying at home. (laughs) Well, I will say it can stretch you. I can, if it makes you feel any better as a listener, I am not an extrovert. I'm outgoing. Mm-hmm. I like meeting new people, but I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I have to balance not doing too much. And so part of it for me is, okay, committing to doing something once a week that mm-hmm. puts me in front of new people, yeah. but not like, I'm not going to events every night. I'm mm-hmm. not... Mm-mm. And I'm not even necessarily doing stuff at night. A lot of it's like during the workday. Mm-hmm. No, my thing is, is I'm introverted and I don't like meeting new people. <laughs> and so, like I quite literally don't. Like I could not make that more clear. If I never meet another person again in my whole life, I would be really great actually. It is just, it's so mentally taxing for me to just like pretend to like you when I don't know you. I'm not saying I won't ever like you, but like, I don't have anything to base it off of when I'm first meeting someone. So it's like me trying to pretend to be interested in what they're saying, (laughs) fixing my face. My face is my, like, I don't have a poker face. So I have to be very intentional about it. And then like actually try to not be a weirdo and participate in conversations. But I have no, like, I know what to do. I don't want to do the things. And so I'm a hundred percent the wallflower. I'm the like stand by the beverage station. And within like 
minutes if I'm just like, I don't act like the vibe is not right. I will 100% Irish goodbye. <laughs> just well, but see, I think there's a skill to be learned here. Whether, I'm not going to force you to do it because that's not the point of this conversation by any means. It's I'm trying for the listeners to not have them be so intimidated by it <laughs> because I do still think it's important that you assess if it's worth continuing to pursue because Mm -hmm. my mistake early on when I spent time connecting and meeting new people is I'd waste a shit ton of time getting to know people that weren't ever going to turn into a connection that was worth it for me. And I would give you, (laughs) just to make you guys feel a little bit better, it's okay if sometimes things are just simply entertaining. And that's literally (laughs) it. Like I went to an event right around Christmas and was meeting new people, whatever. And someone's like, you got to meet so-and-so. And And I was like, okay. He picks up poop for a living. Um, pooper sweeper upper (laughs) (laughs) yeah like he comes to people's backyards and literally picks up shit Um, Uh like that's his job Uh uh-huh but the funny thing is would he ever be a client no but he doesn't need a new website (laughs) he's extremely extroverted and it's like Well, and that, but that, that doesn't have to be fancy. Like, okay, so no, he's not going to be a client. In my opinion, he's probably never going to be a client because he has his own style and it's a bit, you know, shitty, crude and fart jokes and things, you know, and that's fine. Do your thing. But also like everyone knows who he is because he's like, he was the guy at the Christmas party wearing like a full suit that like looked like a you know, those ones that look like sweaters, but they're, mm-hmm. but they're suits, mm-hmm. like a very loud patterned suit. Immediately do not like. <laughs> uh-uh. That's someone who I could not fix my face for. Uh-uh. But I didn't stay in that conversation long. I was like, we can be nice. We can be friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want you to know just enough about me that if someone brings up that they need my services, that you could bring me up. But I don't need to, like, keep this uh, mm-hmm. relationship going. Mm-mm. Are you all, like, surprised at how far I've gotten myself with the attitude that I have? Because <laughs> I am sometimes. <laughs> yes, I am a lot. And then I'm just reminded <laughs> that we have different skills and there's a reason we work together. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I will DM y'all all day long. I'll even voice message you. It's the physicality for me that is just not there, (laughs) which is fine. If Emily never had to drive again, she would. Oh, I have joked, not jokingly joked, that I just want to accidentally forget to renew my license. And what a bummer. Although, like, I say that, but I do hate driving, but I definitely need my, you know, I need to go browse Target to like decompress and I like to be alone and I like to drive to the coffee shop to go to work or whatever. But if Brian's full-time job was just driving me around, but also not going in with me to places, (laughs) that's what I like because I need to be alone sometimes, a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's me. I'm the problem. A hundred (laughs) percent. Well, yeah, I don't know if this was at all encouraging. Rita. Penny was telling me the other day after Christmas break, she didn't want to go back to school because she hates school. And I'm like, oh my God, you're in kindergarten. We're already starting the I hate school conversation. But I was like, you know. And she doesn't hate school is the thing that's really frustrating. She doesn't. Right. But I said, 
you know, I understand. I said, well, you know, what makes you not like it? Because I'm just trying to be like, what are you actually trying to say? And she was like, well, I just hate going because I really just would rather stay home and hang out with my family. And I was like, okay, well, that's super cute. And we're definitely not going to do homeschool. And that tells me enough about your future self of how you're going to be that I understand where you're coming from because I also do that. I want that and made my job well, that. It's like, okay, so maybe not in kindergarten, but as she gets a little older, you can talk about being peopled out and like mm-hmm. you get a once every three months, like you don't need a reason. I'll Just call you out of school out. Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. But you get to pick. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But you only get a certain amount. So you can't just like use them all the time. But right. Yeah. And my parents were super laxed on that. Like, cause I would get like headaches a lot and I had like, I mean, endo pain when I was younger. And then I was, you know, a child of divorce and there was, we we're going through court in some instances. So I was like actually mentally taxed. And so I would straight up, if I woke up and did not feel well and the vibe was not right, I would write a note and stick it to the front of my door and would like say the reason. And then it said, do not wake or like whatever it was. And my parents honored that. Like they never pushed back on that. I didn't abuse it. Like it wasn't like every week or something, but they knew like on days where I'm like, I am not doing it today. They're like, got it. Got (laughs) it. I love that for me. The the trust is there. And I'm so glad that that worked out. Well, because like I was making good grades anyways. And so, so will she. Dude, her benchmark assessment for her winter, like assessment for education, they did one in fall and they're doing one in winter. I texted Amanda and I said, I'm going to have a hard time not full on believing that my kid is an actual genius (laughs) based on these assessments, because I'll send pictures of them to you because it's just like national average and then where she is, but then the benchmark goal and then what she got just in September versus what she got in December. I mean, she over more than doubled her own score within a couple months (laughs) and her score was already much higher than the benchmark. I don't understand what's going on with her. (laughs) It's been fun to watch. It's also very odd to watch. But she's a nutty perfectionist, and I hate that, that she got that tendency, because it sucks. Unlearning that's really hard. Yeah. I do think there's ways to softly parent and make it feel okay, because I think for us, we just had people who also reinforced that behavior. 100%. 100%. Rather than saying, eh, it's good enough, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah. You couldn't believe the words that come out of my mouth with her to like help tamper that. Cause I'm just like, at least you tried. It was fine. It looks great. Like, but I'm just like, ah, screaming inside. <laughs> yeah. If you just did this, <laughs> but I don't say it. I let it go. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Well, speaking of things I never begin to understand, let's talk about more of my flaws and things that I no. don't that I don't know. <laughs> it's not a flaw. Okay, so it's been interesting hearing from y'all. So just knowing our mission, like our mission in business is to help more women and femmes build profitable, sustainable businesses online. And so much of that is rooted in proper financial literacy so that you guys can not only know what it takes to 
pay your bills, pay yourself, make what you need to make for your family. But also as you scale, things do get a little bit more complicated in terms of how do you budget for operating expenses and how do you know how to price your services so that things can be profitable? How do you figure out that your utilization? So all those things work together. Anyway, all of that to say, so often, so often, when I start digging in with clients, I'm asking them questions about historical sales information. How have things been working? What has been selling? How much of that thing did you sell? And in theory, (laughs) all of these things should be captured on a profit and loss statement. But many of our clients either are DIYing their own books and they're like doing enough to file taxes or they're working with a bookkeeper that has no background in their industry. And the frustrating thing is, okay, say they do have a bookkeeper. I'm like, great, send me a report, like send me your P&L statement. And then I open it and I was like, no wonder you never look at this. No wonder you never look at this because it is literally the least helpful thing I've ever seen. Or they don't even know how to find and look at their P&L statement. They know it's getting done, but they're like, I don't know where to click or button, which means they're not looking at it on a regular basis, which is also part of the problem. Right. But like, you got to understand your cash flow and understanding your P&L will help you understand your cash flow. And then over time, you can make more educated decisions. But if a P&L statement were set up properly, you wouldn't need to be tracking how many of this thing you sold or how many of this service went out in the last year. Like You would literally have that information. Like It would be embedded in there. But the problem I'm seeing is these P&L statements, it literally says sales income. It's one line item. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder you don't know what's happening in your business. Do you just offer one thing? Raise your hand if you just sell one thing at one price point. No. no. Okay. No. That's what I thought. No, I'm not saying it has to get crazy granular either. There's a balance. Like you don't need to go the full opposite end of the spectrum and have like for every single client that's priced different. I'm going to put in their own line. No, that's also not going to be helpful because you can't make educated decisions on how types of services are working. You do still need some sort of semblance of grouping. And hopefully you have a signature service of some sort and you may have other offers, but like that signature service in reality should be making up 40 to 50% or more your income. And then you have either tiered services or other services that are bringing in different things. But if this is set up correctly, Emily and I can come in and say, oh, well, this thing only brought in 2%, but you keep talking about it like it's the next best thing that's ever happened to you, but it's only 2% of your business. So why is it taking so much of your time and attention? Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. 
I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. No, I mean, I think, and it's really easy to do because you have your hopefuls of, let me throw spaghetti at the wall, let me offer this, and it's really easy to convince ourselves of the loud voices that we hear, whether requests from our clients or requests from our audience or changes in our industry. But then when we actually go back and look at the data, oh, we only like actually had to put that offer together for three people. And I worked with 200 people last year. Is it really worth exploring all of the details and figuring out how you could offer that thing when it actually isn't the bulk of your income? But you don't know that information unless you have it categorized appropriately inside your P&L. Yeah. And then on the the flip side of it, on the expenses side, you know, early on, it's not as critical. Like in that first year or so, when you have your hosting for your site and maybe like one other software, like you can look at it and you already know what it is. 
but when you start to be in business many, many years in a row, you can't just have these huge arbitrary sweeping categories. You know, a lot of people just will use the default and the default items don't typically pertain to businesses of this type. And it'll say things like inventory and zero, but you're never going to carry inventory ever. So why is it even something that's listed? Like, it's just confusing to me. And so I really like breaking down expenses by categories that you have some semblance of control over. And you can start to make decisions because you understand what this category should make up in terms of your total business. And if it starts to creep up higher than that, you can make adjustments and really dig into individual light items within that category. But if I just were thinking in the terms of the whole pie, it would be really easy to have no idea where my money was going. I see a lot of people like spend a ton on one category and none on everything else because they don't really know how this should be split up for more scalable growth long-term. Well, and especially as you start spending money, like some examples of things that I would want broken up into a P&L for service providers. You know, when I'm strategizing with you on marketing game plans or sales strategy intensives, or even, you know, what to put on the homepage of your website when we're designing that. I'm asking our clients questions like, well, where did the bulk of your leads come from? How did they actually get in touch with you? How many of those converted to like hopping on a sales call with you or seeing a proposal? And then how many of those converted into whatever, right? I'm asking those kind of questions. And so typically as a service provider, you might be doing stuff like we talked about at the beginning. Maybe you joined a chamber. Maybe you're going to events. Maybe you're paying for tickets for a conference. Maybe you're paying for Google ads. Maybe, you know, these expenses are in different categories. All of that's marketing or lead generation, but Having that categorized like that on your P&L is one thing, but then also taking it a step further and really breaking down, okay, if I spent this much money on Google AdWords and I spent this much money on tickets to events and this much money on whatever else, which one actually had the greatest ROI for you so you know what to continue to do more of? Right. Yeah. If you group too much together, it can get really muddy. Like Mm -hmm. on marketing and promotional, I see a lot of people just like dump all ad spend into one category. Honestly, if you're doing different channels, I would definitely recommend breaking it down by absolutely which I would. channel you're paying for. So would you do that on the PL or would you do that in a separate kind of marketing spreadsheet? I would do it on the PL. There's really no reason you can't because you can have subcategories within categories if right. you set up a PL properly. So you could still have all of your marketing and promotional dollars as Group one like and section yeah and then you would just open a tab down and you'd have you know google ads facebook ads etc now i know for most service providers ad spend isn't necessarily where they're spending their money and that's fine but like knowing how it's going out is going to be really critical. And as long as things are properly categorized, then you should have a really easy time of looking at different time periods because it's when you start to like mix up, you know, well, three years ago, this is how I was categorizing it. And now I'm doing it this way. And so then you can't actually look at over time how these Uh things changed. 
Yeah, we were having a funny call recently with a client and she's been in business for many years. And as per a lot of us, years 20, 2020, 21, 22 have been different than other years. And there are anomalies, both good and bad in those years. Well, regardless of what that showed, what she was kind of bringing to the table was information from like 2019 and 2020, because those were like better years or those were actual like average years. But I was like, I still need to see what's actually been happening the past two years, like closest to where we are right now, because even if those were more predictable years or more of what's expected in your business, like the cost of advertising has gone up or like leads have gone down. And so I need to see what we're actually working with. Yeah. I think it's all really easy to talk yourself into things and I want to know what the reality is. Yep. Yep. And so you need a proper software that's tracking these things. QuickBooks is the gold standard. There are other accounting softwares out there But QuickBooks is the gold standard that if you're handing things off to a CPA, like this is, this This would be the preferred method. Yeah. And a lot of the other things are going to spit out reports, but not necessarily in a way that's the most helpful. And I get that QuickBooks isn't necessarily the most intuitive for you as a business owner, but that's why having a quality bookkeeper that really understands your industry is essential. Yep. Yeah. And when we say that, I'm not saying you need to hire someone who used to work in a marketing agency and then turned themselves into a CPA and then they understand your business. That's not what I'm saying. They don't even need to understand like specific like website designers business, but they need to understand that this industry, this work from home, service-based business, online, typically all virtual based businesses, they just run differently. Expenses are different. Budgets are different. Like allocating of software you typically yes. are integrating with or yes and so if they're seeing a skyrocket line item over here and they're familiar enough with this industry they're going to be able to give you that feedback if they're a good bookkeeper because not all bookkeepers give you the feedback and really walk you through your PL. we've been very lucky to like learn so much <laughs> and i wouldn't trade that for the world and so find yourself someone who can not just understand your industry, put together the PL appropriately, but also like walk you through educating you on how to be empowered to understand it in the future. Yeah. Now, taking it a step further, I think one of the mistakes I see people making, and I didn't realize this was a thing until I started hearing it from multiple clients. If you convert your business to an S-corp. And I'm not saying you need to know or understand what that even necessarily means, but you do have to run payroll, at least for yourself, if you're of a certain business type. And if that's the case, then you are going to need to have a payroll software that's above and beyond your bookkeeping software. Now, some accounting softwares do have built-in payroll features, but not all of them are created equal, period, end of story. (laughs) And I've really found that certain softwares can aid you in the human resources process if you have the right software that's going to file the right reports for you and manage a lot of the things on the back end so that it's automating a lot of that process because it can be a giant pain in the ass, but it doesn't have to be. And 
your payroll can really seamlessly integrate with your accounting if you have the right systems in place. And we use Gusto for payroll. Freaking love them. They're so easy as, and I, I mean, I have the, you know, like employer version as well as the employee version. And I literally only use the employee version unless I'm told to dig for something in particular as, you know, the co-founder of this place, but it is so user-friendly, seriously, for like, as soon as you start growing your team to manage benefits, manage paid time off, manage literal payroll, like all of that is housed inside Gusto. Yeah. Now, I'm sure so much more that we haven't even tapped into yet because it can do a lot of things. Oh, there's a lot of Clocking in, possibility that feature. Yeah, yeah, for hourly employees, you can manage Uh time, their time in there. You can add additional benefits. So a lot of our benefits we've added manually, but if you want something that's kind of baked in and easy, there's definitely options for that as well. What point at someone's business do you think that they should be investing in a bookkeeper and stop doing it themselves? This is assuming that they're doing them it themselves good enough. I think if you are making more right around six figures, like required, I think if your business is complicated and it's smaller than that, then potentially, but it doesn't mean profit. I'm talking about income because here's the thing. I think so many people on terms on the DIY side, when you're DIYing it, You may be able to effectively track income and expenses, but there's a lot of things that you're not going to know that could save you additional money that you may be spending on the personal side that could become business expenses now, I'm not talking about fraud. I'm not talking about like, you know, going to Sephora and blowing 400 bucks on makeup and then figuring out a way to discount it from your I business. wish we could. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about like legal, legitimate <laughs> expenses. I think you can start to not really understand. I mean, I think most people don't understand the tax code. I think the majority of people who are doing it, quote unquote, good enough are using some sort of tax software anyway. But if you have a proper bookkeeper, so much of the saving on taxes starts with books that are set up to save you on taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And And seeing where your opportunities are. And seeing where your opportunities are. So I would venture to say anytime you're taking it seriously, even like if it's truly just a hobby and like you're selling a couple things on Etsy and, you know, I'm not saying Etsy can't be a legitimate business. That's not what I'm saying literally at all. But if you're just like playing business, then okay, like track your income expenses, figure it out on the back end. But the moment you're like, I want this to be my full-time income, this is my plan for the next three to five years plus, I would start early because the earlier you have records, oh my God, like, because you're not necessarily going to want to go backwards once you hire something. You can, 
But, you know, you might go backwards 12 months, but most people aren't going to go backwards to the very beginning of their business. And so the sooner you can start working with someone, the better, because then you're going to have more historical information all in one place. And those month and year comparisons are so freaking helpful when you're making plans in your business. Yeah, because even if you're making significantly more income years down the road, your P&L statement tells, if it's done right, it can tell the history of your business. Like I can go back and literally just by seeing what money came in and what money went out, I knew if we were in a launch, I knew if we had a new product, if we spent more on marketing, if we hired someone, if we let someone go, like all of that. And it's really easy to start telling yourself stories about how your business worked in our stories. It's a lot like telephone where like every time you tell mm-hmm. the story, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is a P&L statement, if done correctly, will tell why. an accurate story. <laughs> And that's a really exciting thing. So I just want to help more people rely less on having all this internal documentation and spreadsheets. Not that you're not going to need spreadsheets to operate a business. You're still going to have to track conversion information and that sort of thing. But your P&L should be something you're excited to look at because it gives you so much intel. And you understand how to read it. That is also key. Yeah. So if you need help figuring this out, although we would seriously love to chat, point you in the right direction for resources, see what's actually needed to get you unstuck or to get you more confident, to get you really feeling like you're understanding the financial literacy of your small business. This is something that we absolutely love to chat about. So don't hesitate to slide into our DMs over on Instagram at Boss Project. It's literally one of us that you're talking to. Most likely it's Abigail because did you listen to the beginning of this episode? And so you're going to chat with her and just like literally let us know what the kind of mess is like behind the scenes. And we can kind of point you in the right direction to feel a little bit more empowered. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.